The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. Hey there, folks. This is Kristen Williams with another Trans Advocate podcast. We have the regular podcast crew, which is... Robin Mack. And Alexis. And so today we've got a couple of things that we wanted to get to. But before we do that, how y'all doing? Uh, about five days out, what close to that for Christmas and yeah, exactly. for New Year's, so I felt like this Monday wasn't your regular Monday. And see, I sort of, I'm sort of like stoked, which means I'm going to really be down sometime soon, I'm not sure when, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking that my chances of having to go to the hospital are less and less. Okay, so you've got to tell people what you mean. Like, well, my birthday's tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I'm having a party. Mm-hmm. Now, several years ago, I had a birthday party. I had a kidney stone problem. I ended up in the hospital instead of my birthday party. Then that was sort of like just sort of humorous in a in a bad way. And then the yeah, next no, year, that's not humorous at all. That's horrible. It was to me. I was laughing about it. I'm like, yep, should have been having cake. No cake. <laughs> and so then the next year, I'm like, well, have a bigger party this year. Nope. I was back in the hospital. <laughs> and, you know, then that's like, you know two times it's like this is starting to get interesting then the next year another party back in the hospital oh my god now then that's three times in a row i'm starting to get really suspicious i'm not superstitious except sometimes it just happens i mean (laughs) and 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 the emergency room folks started sending me cards first of december (laughs) telling me that i could drop by and say hi i didn't really have to get sick (laughs) Which I thought was really hilariously funny, <laughs> sort of. It's <laughs> and, not exactly their slow season. So. <laughs> oh, exactly right. And so then year four, um, another party, another trip to the emergency room, and I walk in, and the head nurse, whoever it is that's there, says, "Not again." <laughs> she says, "We were talking about this earlier," <laughs> and mind you. The uh, Methodist emergency room in the medical center is not like a little place that they don't see people. (laughs) And I was already making an impression. Uh, And so that time, it was really interesting because I I didn't make it back home for the party. I remember cake. I remember there were some people. And I remember standing (laughs) with the cake sort of around my sink area and hanging on. That's pretty much all I remember of the whole thing, because I was really drugged. <laughs> so so are you saying that this is the first par- party you've well, had since then, birthday well, party? five years in a row. That was year four. There was Jesus. another one after that. Five years in a row, uh, ended up in the hospital for my birthday. Good God. When, or, you know, a couple of times it was a day before, never after. And so... I just sort of quit having parties for a few years. <laughs> you know, I may be a slow learner, but I eventually do learn. So this year, I procrastinated. I worried. I put it off. Some friends that maybe you're sitting on the other side of the room here, person says, so are we doing this party or not? <laughs> or something to that effect. I can support you in doing the party. Party, we're doing the... And I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> okay, so if you wind up in the hospital... It's Robin's fault. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> no if I, if no, I no, wind no, up in the no. hospital, it has proved that this is an amazing jinx, and I don't really care what any scientists say. If she ends up in the hospital, she's just And I'll have to regular. use some of those words that you can't yeah. use in the CDC or something, I think. But, uh, but you know, so, so it, it, it's, you know, sort of short notice and uh, not a huge party. 
And well, I don't know because I don't know who's going to show up and who's not <laughs> going to. But I mean, the RSVPs are looking like it's a good size, and so so far so good. We'll see if I make it through the night. <clears throat> it's probably okay because I'll just tough it out for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what's happening in the uh, U.S., U.S. politics? I heard that there was some sort of a vote or a recount or something. And Well, it, it, it was someone who decided to top Al Gore. I, I mean, Which is not early, hard to do. Uh, yeah, um. actually it's not. But in this particular <laughs> area it is. But if you'll remember in the campaign, Al Gore started running around telling people, if you, know, if you think every vote doesn't count, look at me. Right. <laughs> because he lost by a very small number of votes. But nothing like what happened in Virginia. Yeah, I, I don't think that I've ever seen something like this before. I don't think it's happened before. And, you know, they did the recount, and it went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and then the Democrat won by one vote. One vote? <laughs> yeah. Just one. one vote. <laughs> yep. And so far, no one's wanted to contest the recount because they all said it was done very well and it was done very professionally. <laughs> and, and they're just like, this is just amazing. No, so but, in their legislature, they have 50 and 50, right? I don't know the number, but it's dead even right now. And, and it's their, um, oh, what do they call it? I don't remember what they call it, but it, it's something a little different than normal. And the thing is that this, they've had to do something like this before, uh, and what they have to do is, to begin with, figure out who's going to be the speaker of their house because it's 50-50. It's the first person that gets 51 votes. So they have to work it out, and they have to work together. Right now, the uh, not the parliamentarian, but, but a staffer is actually speaker of the house because they're the only <laughs> officer left, and no one else can be elected. <laughs> and so they're, they're like... Well, that's what I'm wondering is, you know, so perhaps in times past... Things weren't quite as partisan as they are today, um, and partisan for good reasons. I mean, my God, you know, we've got the party where the alt-right is not so bad, and then you've got all the rest of the sane people, <laughs> you know, on the other side. So I don't know how they're really going to... Um, they don't think it'll be too big of a problem. Oh, well, because they that's... also have to work out all the committee chairs. Oh. The... I mean, everything that is normally done based on majority, there is no majority. God, wow. And, and so they actually have to sit down and work together and make something happen. And, and the other side, though, is they may not actually have to. Hmm. They have to short term, but there's two other races that are still being recounted. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. And. For some reason, they're being delayed, and, and it's a legal thing that, that they can't actually recount them as fast or something like that. So it could actually swing a, a little bit one way or the other, which oh. would solve the problems. Um, actually, it can't swing toward the Republicans because the two incumbents are Republicans. Oh. So it could swing toward the Democrats, which it's been a really long time since Virginia's had a Democratic <laughs> <Yeah>. House. <laughs> and. And I, I think it really is concerning Washington because they stepped in sort of like they did in Alabama. And it seems like when the White House steps in, they're losing pretty regularly now all of a sudden, which just breaks my heart. <laughs> poor, poor Donald, he's going to have to turn orange. So I, I hear that they, they passed some sort of a budget that's, uh, you know, supposedly this budget, it's, it's going to be a tax break. For poor people, for middle class people, uh, so that they can fund all of the the programs like you know Medicare, 
Uh, Not yeah. really. <laughs> I mean, well, I was watching Fox News, and they told me that. Yeah, so. I know. But that, that, the, the only problem with that is, to begin with, I don't think anyone knows what they did. Because <laughs> you can't find anyone who actually read and studied the bill. <laughs> You found people who read parts of it. They've read, you know, they, they've been told by staffers what it does, but no one's really read it. But then all this other stuff that they did, um, tax rates came down for pretty much everybody that's rich. Mm-hmm. And there, there will be some initial tax breaks for the middle class, but then they go away very quickly. Yes, yeah, so I, watched, I, I was watching uh, my Twitter feed, and I think John Cornyn put in there, look, your average middle class household you know, can take their uh, their income from the business that they own and then use that, and, and people are just, like, hammering them on Twitter. And like, wait business? a second, wait a second. You're, you think the, that the average middle-class person, like, after they get home, both parents working 80 hours a week, that they also have a side business where they're getting money and that that's going to be some... What are you talking about? And they may have it, but the chance that it's profitable is pretty slim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I did consulting for a long time. I started out trying to do those type businesses. The problem is they don't have any money to pay you, <laughs> which, which makes it a really difficult thing. I mean, you figure out that charity is okay unless you have to eat. Uh, and, you, you know, I mean, the biggest thing about it, and this is the thing I keep thinking about it, I mean... It's almost a ridiculous tax plan. Some of the, the things they put in it are things that probably needed to be fixed. But the way they did it, they didn't fix them. They just made them worse. And, and that, that, that's the part that's weird. But we have an election next year. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> All of that can be changed. And if, if like, Coynan thinks it's wonderful and, and other people don't, well, he's up in about two years I mean, he's not running next year, but two years after that, his seat's up. And I think, you know, there'll still be plenty of time. <laughs> so that, I think that's the biggest thing. And if you look at the, the people that are running uh, in Texas, we actually know who's on the ballot mostly uh, or, you know, finally. There's a chance that on the 21st, there'll be a few other people added to oh. the ballot. But we have a lot of people running. I mean... For congressional seats from Harris County, mm-hmm. we have 111 people running for the congressional seats from, <laughs> and th- this isn't state, this is like federal congressional seats, and, and there's like six or eight races, I think, I'd have to look, there's more than that, but but it, it's sort of like, that's just from Harris County. Yeah, I was looking at the, uh, I guess the Chronicle had posted a list of people who are running, and I saw that uh, a friend of mine who I've not seen in years, years, probably a decade. Well, she's running for Senate. <laughs> cool. Which, which Senate? Texas Senate? Uh, no, uh, National, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's sort of like, there's been all this stuff that said, oh, there's two trans people running in Texas for office. And I'm like, I know of about four more, but most of them are still. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's probably even more than that. <laughs> I can't imagine I know all this trans stealth people in the state. But... No, of course you know all the trans yeah, people. Yeah, it's like you're, you're trans, so you know them, right? No, wrong. <laughs> well, I heard that the CDC has uh, banned uh, some certain words that you uh, apparently can't say certain words anymore or they infect you with 
the bird flu or something, right? Well, you shouldn't say diversity. That's definitely... <laughs> wait, wait. Diversity? Diversity. Diversity. You should yeah. not say that. We are really in trouble since we're the most diverse county and city in well, the world. Well, we can't say that anymore. And you definitely shouldn't say fetus. Don't say that. Fetus. Oh, the unborn child. Let me mm. guess, right? Fetus. That's like mm. one of my top 10 words that I say, so that's going to be fetus. hard. Fetus. <laughs> well, but, 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 but it wasn't the CDC that said this. Got to be really clear. CDC didn't say they banned them. It's the people that said CDC couldn't use them anymore, <laughs> which are sort of in Washington. Right. Well, it's not the group. The, in, the, the well, this is, this is the group that isn't a swamp anymore. Okay. <laughs> is Neither that is Houston. Fake news? H- no. Houston obviously is not a swamp anymore. We're, we're balmy, low humidity, um, <laughs> flooding all the times, alligators. Needing lots of drywall still. <laughs> Sounding like a swamp, but anyway. Well, CDC is not allowed to use transgender or vulnerable. Can or... they use tranny, I wonder? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? You look That'll at the budget an announcements and everything. <laughs> I think it's weird that they can't use, like, how did an entitlement get put in there? Oh, oh, because well, entitlements are something that they're going to go after, and they don't want CDC to talk about the entitlements. Oh, yeah, we and, yeah, and they don't want to things. talk about social determinants of health and how, like, housing and having you know general health checkups for your kids and all that kind of stuff. They don't want that connected to public health discourse. And the CDC so, is not allowed to use science-based or oh, evidence-based. Guys, no. No, like, no. I mean, none of, those peop- none of those people in the White House know anything about science. Come on. Science-based, evidence-based, you know, you're just talking nonsense. Yep. You got to go with the Bible. <laughs> well, how is CDC supposed to do anything now? Well, they weren't doing much before because they were limited. Because, you know, this, this just adds to the problem with them not being able to do anything about gun violence or mm. anything yeah, along you those can't, lines. Yeah, you can't look at that as a public health epidemic that's evidence issue. evidence-based. And diversity, possible fetus, definitely transgender, vulnerable. Oh, I thought that was like just a Brene Brown well, thing. But well, when you're talking about gun violence, that so, makes sense. I mean, whenever you're talking about... The HIV realm. So, if you're talking about HIV and public health, you know, you look at public, you look at vulnerable populations. For instance, one of them might be youth, or if you want to drill down further, you can say youth at this socioeconomic level. And then, if oh, you wait, want, wait, to dr- wait, this gets into their tax plan. Well, yeah, they're, and, they're, and, they're and then and then it the becomes like people. yeah, science based <laughs> and evidence based. You have to look at the epidemiological profiles of certain populations. You can't do that anymore. Okay, look, we all know that half the people in the White House at the highest level don't know what words more than four characters mean. <laughs> Six here and there, but if you say things like epidemiological, that's it. You have lost half the White House. But, but, you know, I, I'm still going back to last week's revelation. Maybe it was a week before when I'm like, you know, I was thinking they were pointing all of these comments at us. They just aren't. They're just telling us what they're going to do. <laughs> and, and they keep doing it. And they do keep on doing and, it. You know, the locker up. No, that, that was lock me up. <laughs> That's just, just a little problem with the pronoun. You know, me, her, yeah, it's close. <laughs> well, and the executive director of you know, PFLAG National says that they'll never stop saying those words and that they do trust in evidence-based and science-based policy, especially when it comes to gender and sexual orientation, reproductive health, and the health and well-being of our transgender loved ones. 
But see, here's the deal, and this is why it's so insidious. Okay, they're not saying you can't put these words in these you know, budgets, these these things. You you just you can if you do it, you just may not get any money for it. I don't think there was any may in there. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a won't. We will not look at so them. unless you self censure, which is exactly what happened in uh, other conservative uh, regimes. You you're not going to get funded. So unless you want to self-censure... We need to get some of the wonderful computer scientists to assist within all of the military budgets, which are way too high and going higher, to insert, like, transgender everywhere. (laughs) And science-based everywhere. Uh, See, now that you've said that and it's recorded, you're going to get calls from, like, various national... Uh, security agencies coming and knocking on. (laughs) This would not be first time. It's also found in our trans advocate hip hop. Absolutely. (laughs) My number is everywhere. And someone was asking about that. Um, They're like, doesn't that really bother you? And I'm like, you know, I gave up worrying about it. It's like, you need to find me. I'm findable. So we were talking about the UK press uh, last couple of times. The UK press has like really gone off the rails with their trans panic thing. And um, I just saw a news article come out today that talks about, well, if you actually read the story, it tells you that this trans woman was walking down the street and this cis woman ran up behind her, lifted up her skirt to the public, (gasps) then put her in a, like a bear hug lock, wouldn't let her go and started whispering in her ears something about, I'm going to touch your boobs, you know. And she couldn't get out. She couldn't get away. The cis woman was too strong. Couldn't break the hold. Now the cis woman says that she was just joking. That she was just, you know, it's just a joke. You know, this trans person couldn't take a joke. But the cis woman wound up being convicted of uh, sexual assault, which it was. Now the UK press is twisting that those facts. And if you re- read the headline, you just read the headline. The headline reads, let me get this right here. It says, woman convicted of asking to grab transgender woman's breast. Whoa. See, that's a crime now. See, all these PC people, you can't even say anything to a trans woman without getting arrested. <laughs> Damn it. Asking, not the grabbing, not the holding, not the whatever. So we're so we're policing <laughs> consent stuff versus physical touching. You know, That's but this weird. gets to something that I, I've seen some trans mm-mm, people mm-mm. write about in relation to the idea of patriarchy and stuff. That uh, it seems like some people, especially cis people, feel like they can get away with treating trans women the way they wish. They could treat their mother. Well, they don't see trans people as people. Well, that's the thing. They see them as things to be used, if mm-hmm. you will, which, which is not good. Well, and the lady that actually got what we can call, I don't know, attacked or taken advantage of, the actual trans woman, she said that it made her realize how vulnerable she was. She was just walking down the street. She wasn't strong enough to push off this lady. And now what? Now her whole life is being made a joke just because she was walking where she was walking and this lady came up on her? Like, Yeah, well, according to the UK press, you know, her problem is she's just being too PC. She won't let, you know, people ask 
a simple question. They're getting arrested for asking questions. I don't think the UK press would even like it if people laid hands on them. You know, I think that's that's a whole. Oh, different they'd be issue. screaming like crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't and, think they would know, be calling and, it and a bear hug. And it's going to be a, a very stereotypical scream too. <laughs> like, oh, well, we were just bear hugging you, press person. Yeah, like, what's the problem? We were just hugging, you know. So just we're a little well, cuddle. But, but, but don't forget, if it's guys, <laughs> you've got to drop cuddle. their pants first. They expose everything. I, I mean, the problem though is that. that UK press has always been horrible with that sort of stuff, and they've always done the worst yellow journalism, and their headlines never do anything related to the article mm -hmm. if it's anything salacious, and they've been that way for so long, it's ridiculous. Uh, U.S. But, press has been new to that. But it's interesting. Whenever I look at some of the newspapers we have in the archive that report on trans issues, pre-1950, it's pretty blah, well, yeah, because the UK press was actually doing journalism, <laughs> as was a lot of the stuff in the U.S. And then you got into the, gosh, we have to rush the publication, we have to make it more sensational, we have to do mm. all of this stuff because we have to get the dollars. Well, they don't get the dollars anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, you know, right now, for instance, it's interesting because Washington Post and New York Times are doing wonderfully as print newspapers. They haven't been doing well for years, right. but the whole mess in Washington and the fact that they're actually trying to report things accurately is working. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's trying to figure out what the heck is really going on, to quote someone, <laughs> because it's just not straightforward. Well, have y'all heard anything else in the about trans issues in the last week that we need to talk about? Things seem to have calmed down a bunch. I mean, we're getting into elections and that sort of thing. One of the things I know... Um, there's lots of groups here in Texas that are screening and going to do endorsements other than just mm. the caucus. Mm -hmm. They've been talking to us a lot about it. And they also have been asking what kind of questions they need to put in there related to trans issues. And oh, so very we, cool. we, we happen to have a pretty good list to give them that they can ask. And, and so, you know, we're, the caucus is adding that to their screenings. I know some of the other groups are adding it to their screenings too, that, you know, we'll strengthen that a little bit because when you're screening a politician and you just say, okay, so, how do you feel about all of the laws that seem to want to deny transgender individuals access to places of public accommodation, like restrooms and medical facilities and those sorts of things? Mm -hmm. And what are you going to do about it to make sure it doesn't happen? <laughs> now, sometimes you get silence. <laughs> Other times, you know, you get an answer. But, but that's a question that an awful lot of people are going to be asking. Well, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And at least with the caucus, politicians don't get away with not answering. But, you know, this level of uh, sophisticated uh, political organizing, I, I just have not seen this ever. Like, literally ever. I've never seen, like, this level of, okay, I'm going to run, you need to run, you know, we're going to screen politicians, we're going to get our shit together, we're going to move things forward. I have never seen this level of um, enthusiasm, um, resilience. The, the number of people who are running for office across the country is like three times the record. It, it is unbelievable how many people are running for office. It's kind and, of, that's inspiring. I mean, I don't know. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it's like people are upset. They're out doing stuff. And then they're actually doing the next step. Because in the past, 
they've been upset, they've been out doing things, and then they just sort of go away. Last time I actually saw this was 1968. Uh-huh. And and that did happen that way, not on this scale. I mean, <laughs> it, it happened much less, but that was around the Vietnam War and a lot of stuff with that. That's when we ended up with a lot of people who'd been arrested in Chicago in the Senate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that happened. It actually changed things because suddenly their opinions were being made known very clearly. <laughs> it's interesting how history repeats itself, like, almost exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Lawrence O'Donnell's book on that is, is very interesting. It, it, it's a good book. It talks about what happened in 1968 and how it led directly to what we're seeing now. Wow. And it really did. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's interesting. But, but the thing I guess I look at is that we've got all these people who are running, a lot of them have no clue how to do things in politics, and they know it, and that's all fine. But here in Harris County, for instance, Harris County is the second largest voting group in the country. Yeah, I mean, can you repeat that? Because yeah. that's just blows it, my mind. It's the second largest voting group in the country, and let me just add another little Who's thing. Who's the first? We're going to get them. L.A. County. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, more people vote in L.A. County than Harris County, but mm-hmm. but it's not that much more. But uh, but the other side of it is we're also the most diverse population in the world. Wait, wait shh. We might not be able to say that word for long. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get money from the they CDC, so that's cool. Nah. <laughs> Although I do talk to them, have been talking to them fairly regularly in the past about various things. But anyway, um, but yeah, you know, we're the most diverse county in the world, and we're the second largest voting group in the country. Now, interestingly enough, this year we have a huge number of people running, and right before the end of filing, um, the Democratic chair went through, looked at all the people who were running, moved them all around so that they were in races they would be more likely to win, and filled in just about every empty slot. There were two empty slots wow. where there are not Democrats running. Wow. That's never happened before because we really just haven't had that kind of leadership. Now, that was pushed because everyone said, look, we've got to get the more progressive groups together. Mm-hmm. And, and this is not trying to push Democrats, but the other side of it is, bunch of conservative Republicans or a bunch of liberal Republicans running. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong, had it not been for the liberal Republicans out there, we'd be living with bathroom bills right now. Oh yeah, and a bunch of other stuff. And and that's the big thing, but there's a, a good number of people running against the extreme right wing that would be fine with any of us. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a few things that we wouldn't like, but most of it, they're just good people wanting to do whatever, whatever's best, and they may have a little different disagreement about exactly how you fund schools and that stuff, but no one's figured out how to fund Texas schools anyway. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they haven't. It's horrible. The bar's pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know. But, but you know, when you look at that, and, and you know, there's like... Nine, ten, eleven people that were moved around to positions where they do not have a primary opponent, and they have a weak opponent in the general election. This is just really interesting. Oh, okay. and by the way, you know they're people that I know pretty darn well. Uh, you know, some of them are trans, some of them are certainly trans friendly to say the least, and they're really good people. Never been in politics before in their life. As bad as things are with Trump, and as long as we're going to have feel the effects of Trump with uh, various crappy appointments and whatever, one thing that Trump did was, like, made a lot of the people who are generally too uh, apathetic to do anything but sit in their 
various rooms on their various computers making bitchy uh, comments on social media to get them up out of their houses, get them organized, get them out into real life, and to get them involved. You know, it, it went so bad that I think people are like, okay, I've, I've been apathetic. I cannot be apathetic anymore. It's just like the appointments for judges. I, I mean, they've made some horrible, horrible appointments <laughs> for judges, but it got so bad that Senator Kennedy just got fed up. And I mean, he's a Republican. And, yeah, and you could just was. tell he was just fed up with the fact that these judges that have been sent over to be federal judges had never tried a case. They didn't know how to answer any questions about being a judge. Well, there's nothing like having a president that's completely not qualified and, can, you know, blown up in the media, doesn't run a great business, and still gets to be president. I mean, there's nothing like that example to show you, well, why not try? Yeah. You know, like, like <laughs> what could you lose? Work for him. <laughs> Work for him. Like, what could you lose? Like, I mean, he really blew a lot of myths out of the water on that right. one. You know, he, he did, and and you know, and every day it gets worse with them. But he's just really just. I mean, it was. It's funny. I saw a lot of celebrities. I mean, like uh, Oprah. Like someone said, so when are you going to run for president? And they used to say, well, but I'm not. Oh. Well, the current president's not qualified. The, the current president may or may not be able to read. The current president may or may not have any ties. Well, what's stopping you? He may or may not have money. I mean, what's stopping you? We, we do know that his only goal is, you know, self-interest. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the Plenty interest of, of the country. Plenty of people qualify for that. Yeah, I mean, you do have to be a public person to some degree. Yeah, some degree. It, it, and that may be a plus. Who knows? Maybe we get a whole turnover in the way things are done. Yeah. Well, so now it's time for Gender Nation. This is Gwen Smith's uh, column that she does for the Trans Advocate. Uh, is that one word or two? Uh, Gender Nation, uh, I've seen it both ways, actually. That didn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess it will congeal at some point. Says the person who sort of goes both ways on most yeah, things. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we'll have uh, you know either gender nation or gender nation, and um, but yeah, she does kind of a review of what's going on in the trans news here in America. So here's gender nation. <laughs> Gender Nation is a bi-weekly trans advocate column by the founder of the Transgender Day of Remembrance, Gwendolyn Ann Smith. Department of Justice caught fibbing about trans troops. In yet another last-ditch effort to continue their ban on transgender troops, the Trump administration has been caught in a lie. In seeking a stay of the most recent order to let transgender people serve openly beginning on the 1st of January, the United States Department of Justice claimed that some 23,000 recruiters and medical examiners would need to have extensive training, and there would simply not be time enough to complete it before the ruling would take effect. Without this relief, the military will be forced to implement a significant change to its standards for the composition of the armed forces before it decides how to resolve this issue, stated the DOJ in its motion. As military leadership has explained, this timetable will place extraordinary burdens on our armed forces and may harm military readiness. 
a policy analysis from the Palm Center disagrees, staring in its very title that training recruiters and examiners to evaluate transgender applicants is not complicated or time-consuming, the very opposite of the DOJ's assertions. What's more, US District Judge Colleen Collacottoli has made it clear that she doesn't see this as an undue burden. If complying with the military's previously established January 1, 2018 deadline to begin a session was as unmanageable as defendants now suggest. Kola Kotteli said, one would have expected defendants to act with more alacrity. She cited that an initial injunction was issued on the 30th of October and the appeal not filed until the 21st of November. While the White House has declared that the Pentagon will indeed comply with the order, the Department of Justice is still seeking whatever options they may have at their disposal to retain President Trump's ban on transgender service members. Catholic bishops, transgender people don't exist. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops is challenging the existence of transgender people. In an open letter named Created Male and Female, the bishops and leaders from many other American churches reaffirmed their beliefs in opposition of same-sex marriage and have stepped firmly into the fray against gender identity and expression. We come together to join our voices on a more fundamental precept of our shared existence, namely that human beings are male or female and that the social-cultural reality of gender cannot be separated from one's sex as male or female," states the letter. It goes on to force a narrative that it is children who will be most harmed by such and that hormone treatment, not currently an option provided for trans youth, will lead to infertility. Gender ideology harms individuals and societies, the letter states, by sowing confusion and self-doubt. While the letter does recommend respect and love for those who are transgender, it nevertheless pushed outdated and false attitudes that the scientific fact of human biology and supporting the social institutions and norms that surround it should be upheld, regardless of the real-world needs of transgender people. I mean, the part that I find interesting is that it's sort of like they they think that we're so different <laughs> that, that, that organs aren't even in the same general place or something. I mean, I, and, 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 you know, the fact is that everybody has things that are different. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, like, what doctor doesn't know anything about hormones or can't pull up the Google. Yeah. And ask the, the Google. Google. <laughs> it's not even like we have separate hormones, you know, we have the same. It's, it's not like you can learn anything different. These are trans hormones. We don't know what to do with them. Let's see. We have the right. estrogen, and, the testosterone, and then the trans. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and so, yeah, the Catholic priests. They're so friendly to little kids. What, uh, yeah, yeah. They're saying that, you know, whenever you come across a trans person. They could person, go to Alabama. <laughs> you know, you're, you're supposed to love them and just love them and love them and love them. Don't let them get any sort of mental health care that's trans affirming or anything. What you need to do is love them by guilting them. And telling them that God is going to put you in a lake of fire forever. Sounds a little like what they did for gays. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, you know, my only problem with that is that 
that's not my God. <laughs> that's somebody else's God, I guess. Well, I, and I don't and I don't think Jesus said those things either. So <laughs> apparently, I don't know. you're going to hell anyway, so they don't care. <laughs> yeah, but their definition of hell sometimes seems to be any place that they aren't. I'm not <laughs> sure. Doesn't sound bad. <laughs> I'm not sure that I consider that. You know, where all those child molesters are going to be. You're saying that I'm not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, tried the child molest thing at seven years old. I didn't like it. it it's not my favorite. Thing so, uh, you know, it was on the receiving end, of course. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just thought I mentioned that before it got too far the wrong direction. Well, you, you I bet know, this gets edited out. You, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, I sat around for hours trying to decide whether I was going to click the Me Too on Facebook or not. Mm. And, but yeah, but but you know, it, it's the type of thing that, as we well know, I guess. The Catholic priest is probably group is probably the largest population of pedophiles that have been identified. I mean, uh, outside of the Republican Party, yes. Well, yeah, but we don't know as many there. I don't think as Catholic priests, but maybe we well, do no, percentage wise. I, that's, that's that's certainly true. You know, I mean, and, and my then, God, then, then you not... get into the general clergy outside of oh, Catholics, right, and right, they right. seem to be everywhere. And you know, I I think we're the only the ones that aren't. Convention. I, well, the Baptist Convention got oh, yeah. in trouble for yep, yep. covering that stuff up. Yeah, and and that's the big thing. They always seem to cover it up. Mm. I mean, and then of course we have all the Congress people who are paying people <laughs> off with our money for molesting females. It's just a yes. wonderful world, and we're the weird ones. No, yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. So I heard that uh, we we kicked off our. Uh, Queer voices. And we raised money. We collected what we thought was like a reasonable tiny start that's bigger than what they collected. (laughs) (laughs) Over their like begathon thing that, you know, public radio has to do. And, and, you know, and the fact is that when you're in a situation where you're asking for money and the people all know that it can't be used for the things you're asking them to give it for because it's going mm-hmm. to go to corporate. You just don't collect much. Right, <laughs> it, right, it, right. It, it doesn't inspire confidence. So hopefully this will help and we'll have money available. And we've collected the same amount for the archives. I, I love this about the TFA. I love that uh, TFA is always willing to, you know, help out people, help out groups, um, you know, in whatever way we can, whether it's giving them server space or helping them figure out how to do X, Y, and Z, that we've always been able to And, do and you know, we're, we're happy to walk people through doing their own 501c3s. Mm-hmm. We've done that like 20 or 30 times in the last couple of years. And, and they're always surprised because if we're doing that, we don't want anything. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just sort of telling them, here's the steps. If you do it this way, it'll be quick and painless. <laughs> if you try to go the other way, well, it'll be really painful and not. you may never finish. And we're happy to connect people who have small projects that they're doing if they needed, you know, media sources or if they needed uh, electronical equipment, just, you know, using our ties to help them get their project off the ground. We've been very supportive with that. Well, and then, the you know, like I said, the, the Friends of Queer Voices, this is a great example of something's going on in the community. It started outside of our community, but it's going to affect something that, you know, our community has loved and has valued for literally generations now, and that that's put at risk, and that, you know, we were able to step in and help ensure that that will continue if, you know, KPFT goes off the air. And, you know, right now we don't have enough money to ensure that, but we will. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's growing and getting there. It's just it, if you really look at it, we're doing those things. We have the archive stuff that where you know we can make some purchases. We give small grants to people out of HTUC. We do scholarships out of HTUC. We do the disaster grants, and then if somebody needs something different, we figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to <laughs> spread the word, I mean, as you're or find out side. about that. <laughs> we do. I mean, you know, we we've covered people's legal expenses. If it's mm-hmm. something that's important to the yeah. community, we've you know helped with various top surgeries, etc. Mm-hmm. Type fundraising, even though we don't do them directly, we still cover them under our five hundred one c three in the past. We, you know, you think about all this, and it's stuff that we just do. It's not a big right. deal. Robin, you know, finds people that she thinks are wonderful people, and we do stuff to help them out. I, don't, I, don't I tend to meet people that either need an academic scholarship or they're working on something, and 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 you know, we we love to be that co part in community, that unity part in community, and sometimes that's just volunteering. If people want to kind of get out of their homes and get into something, you know, we have like the archives they can work on. We have. Um, yeah, going and supporting whatever next event's coming up. I mean, it just gets you out and does something. And, and our work sessions community. are more like parties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's never hard. It's never hard. I mean, you know, we schedule them for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Seven hours later, we're still partying. <laughs> we yep. haven't done a lot of work, but we got it all done. Yep. <laughs> so if you want to find out about this or share about it, it's uh, tfahouston.com. And if you do know anybody that might qualify for these things, you know, spread the word. You know, and if anybody wants to join us on the podcast, let us know. Hell yeah. I can't promise you that we'll be nice. (laughs) (laughs) But we aren't really mean usually. (laughs) Usually. Not saying we can't, but usually. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be surly with this group. (laughs) It it won't go well. (laughs) So, you know, we were talking about possible... Uh, kind of deep dive topics and you know I'm it's been one hell of a year it has been one hell of a year and lots of things happen lots of wonderful things has have happened but my god you know it's been trying it's been it's not been easy and for lots of trans people this has not been an easy year so, you know, what do you do to take care of yourself when things are going this wild? You know, one of the weird things, I mean, you, you have the standard self-care of, of, you know, doing things that relax you, all this type of stuff. But one of the things that I've seen this year that I think is really neat is politics have sucked a lot, to say the least. And it's really worried people and people have become very stressed. When they get involved and they're getting involved with like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people that are supportive and then they decide to run for office or a friend of theirs decides to run for office and they're doing that, this is really self-care because it's getting rid of the feeling of, gosh, there's nothing I can do, I, I have no way to control my life, etc. Because the fact is, they're controlling their lives pretty darn well. And I've heard people talk about the fact that standing outside of uh, like Senator Cruz's office with a bullhorn, just telling him what they thought was really great. And they felt really good for the rest of the week because they were really upset with him. And they're standing out there with a whole bunch of other people that are doing the same thing. And this is actually pretty cool because it's, it's different than we've seen in the past. Well, and I like how you bring up the the deep self-care topic because it was, was it uh, a, a Mayor Anise Parker that was said, 
politicians can either make your life great or they can make your life hell. You know, um, I think we're, we're taking away the myth that we don't have a say in the matter. I think we're, we're really showing up. And even if you're not running, you can do an awful lot to support the people who are, you can vote. Like these are important things that I think kind of got lost and people got a little complacent about, but this year I think there's been an uptick in that. You know, there's a, there's a quote that I've always loved by Audre Lorde. And she taught, she was talking about uh, self-care because, you know, she certainly lived a life in the political trenches. And she wrote, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It's self-preservation. And that's an act of political warfare. And I remember when we were in the hero fight. So what's that, what's that saying? The best revenge is living well? Yes. Exactly. And, and- isn't it sad that there's people who feel like they have to ruin other people's lives and put them down so that they can actually exist and feel better? Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's what the extreme right seems to do constantly. I mean, that it, it's pure bullying, nothing else. And if, if you don't believe it, look at the people that were in uh, Charlottesville. And, mm-hmm. you know, afterwards, they didn't like the way people saw them, that people said, <laughs> don't come back home. We yeah. don't want you anymore. And it's like... Wait, wait, where's your convictions all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you had the Nazi taking to so, uh, social media crying about how, you know, tough it is for him as a Nazi in America. Yeah, and everyone said, tough. <laughs> well, <laughs> sort of. Now, our president said, you know. Oh, yeah, he's a nice kid or something. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, definitely being able to be there, uh, being around other people who are not giving in, not being apathetic, um, you know, they are a source of empowerment uh, for me. But at the same time, there are some times that whenever I need to pull back, I need to do some self-care as in get off of social media, unplug, read a book, sit in a hammock, go for a walk, do the things that I know that I need to do to take care of myself. Those are important, Those, especially if you're kind of getting into activism as a way to cope, to resist, to deal with the hate that you're facing, learning to incorporate those kinds of resistance uh, strategies are important as well. It's not just, you know, being active 24-7 all the time. It's also learning what you need, how to take care of your body, how to take care of your health, um, how to take care of your well-being, um, you know, how to take care of your spirit, uh, whether, you know, whatever that means for you, whether that's meditation, whether that's uh, taking a walk, whatever it is. But those are things that are impa- that, that keep me charged and keep me in the game. Um, and it took a long time for me to figure out, I just can't go and go and go and go and go and go and do and do and do and do no, nonstop. And a lot of the people that are new to this are having to learn that. Right. I mean, I've spent a lot of time explaining to people, look, right. this is a marathon, like a super yes. marathon. Burnout <laughs> is real. And, you know? and it is. And when you need to take off, you shouldn't feel bad about it. And if anyone's trying to make you feel bad about it, then we need to have a discussion with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there are times you just have to back away. 
I mean, nobody can say when your burnout is about to happen. Nobody can say, you know, you're not hydrated enough or, you know, you need to get more sleep or you need to do these things. I mean, they can kind of point these things out, but everyone has different energy levels and everyone has different care needs. It's important to check in and and look and see what's right for you. And if you're not in a supportive space to take those times off and those resting times, I would question that, you know, I would, I would look into see what's missing from that. And, and a lot of the new people really feel guilty about taking some time off. They couldn't mm. go to this rally. They couldn't go do this. They couldn't do that because they were just exhausted. And, and, you know, the answer is you need to rest. Right, You've done right, a lot. Right, you need right. to take care of you because we need you next month and the month after. <laughs> and the month after. And, and that's the key. It's a selfish thing. Totally. It's like, we don't want you gone. <laughs> I mean, it's important to remember everyone has their own overhead, their own needs that they have to take care of. Everyone's very different. And just because you've been doing something for a long time doesn't mean that you don't take breaks too. Most people, I would think, have the stamina to um, be an old timer who's been doing things in the community forever. It's just that those old timers have learned how to pace themselves because they do know that this is a marathon race and that, you know, we're always going to be needing to fight uh, for our future and for our future generations to ensure that they can walk out the door without having to worry whether they're going, something bad's going to happen to them. I want a future where that's, you know, that that, those are tales that people say, you know, back in my day, this is what happened. It's not that way anymore. You know, I, I long for that. And, and it's just a, such a harsh reality nowadays that we really, really see how serious the other side is. And, and we did take a step back, or maybe what we really did was just flesh them out a little bit. Where I, I kind of wonder that maybe that's what happened. And, and one of the neat things that I've been watching with politics, for instance, an awful lot of the, the politicians who felt that way and have expressed it and have done what I consider almost crimes against humanity in the way they're doing their job have decided they just aren't going to run again because there's so many people <laughs> running against them who have raised so much money, they don't think it's going to be fun. And so they've decided now's the time to retire. That's good. Mm -hmm. We need a few more. I mean, like 50 or 60 here in Texas that I can think of. But... There, who knows? There's still time before the election. <laughs> I mean, 2017 seemed to be the year of activism uprise again. I mean, if you're just talking about the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, that took a certain amount of meetings for one topic. This seems like this year was a ton of topics. You know, like if you're for abortion rights, you better show up at this protest. If you're for Black Lives Matter, you better show up at this protest. If you are for Black Lives Matter and abortion rights and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you're absolutely against trans hate crimes, then you have at least four vigils to show up for. <laughs> I mean, it, that's, you know, that's each day. That, I mean, that was, was that, I mean, I, I don't think I'm the only one. I mean, it's, it's, it's I a mean, pretty what? packed calendar this year that Honestly. I don't re I don't remember my calendar being this packed for for the oh, Houston no. Equal Rights Ordinance like in mm. all fairness well, you know I remember talking to a Black Lives Matter activist and they showed up for one trans um, protest and they were getting into 
activism newly and in you you have your you show up and there's an adrenaline rush and you you all gather together you say what you say you do what you do the results are what they are and then there's a crash of like well what next you know and then this year has been a ton of like well then you do this next and 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 if you're for all these things then you better be for all these other things it, it was like activists came out of the woodwork to be like, oh, you definitely cannot be for trans rights and not be for, you know, <laughs> well, not, not be for documentation yeah, or the, the not, not be for whatever, you know. But you know what? That right there that you're talking about is the reason why Harvey Milk was a, able to be in office. He, he was able to build a large coalition of people in various parts of the, it wasn't just the gay community. It was mm -hmm. the gay community plus workers' rights, plus this, plus that. Mm -hmm. and that's how we got into political power. And I think in some, in some ways, it seems like our community is rediscovering that as seen at our unity banquet. It wasn't <laughs> right. just, you know, this group or that group. It was like, we're going to acknowledge the non- assholes in, in the Republican Party. <laughs> Judge Emmett, you are not an asshole, and we congratulate you on that. And, and you know, the story he told, which I believe was totally true because it certainly sounded oh, like sure. it, was pretty amazing. Absolutely. Right. And, well, and I love when, it, you know, you don't just immediately shame someone and you actually find out where they're coming from and let them reveal themselves. Like, Turns out you might find more allies out there mm -hmm, if you mm -hmm. don't go shaking fists at them to begin with. You know, yeah, like we had the Poppy lead us out. Like oh, I, I love it when people are like, well, how are you trans people with women's rights? Well, I mean, <laughs> they opened our banquet. Like we were well, out there it, with them on the corner raising our signs. Yeah, if you, you know? want to learn how to do abortion clinic defense, just let us know. We'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah, and, and Poppy brought a friend so to speak yeah. I mean, yeah i thought that i still think that was hilarious because the you know president of national organization of women <laughs> nationwide was coming to town for something else and poppy says oh you've got an event we're going to tonight <laughs> she's like i really didn't know i was coming but i'm happy to be here well so i think this kind of brings us to a meaningful like end point to this particular podcast um, do we have anything coming up before the I new hope year? we do, because that sounded like a really down ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in other words, you know, just <laughs> it did. Be, be kind Be kind to was a down ending. Be kind to people, and that this is the end. <laughs> the end, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I heard. Let, let, me, let me turn on the doors here. <laughs> yes, goodbye, 2017. Well, actually, we're done I think with that's you. That's a positive We're thing. done with you, no, 2017. Goodbye. I mean, politics and hurricanes. Wonderful. Goodbye. Oh, and fires. I forgot but about you know, the California goodbye. fires. Oh, Whenever. and earthquakes. Oh. And how many storms? Oh, right? No kidding. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, does Puerto Rico have electricity yet? I uh, mean, not really. All, no, like, not uh, all of it. Really. Yeah, it's getting quarter, better. Some of us are a little and, too. And yes. it's running at 70% capacity right now. Goodbye, 2000. <sighs> yeah. Um, so uh, we've got, let's see, how many more podcasts this year? One more. We have one more. One more? We can't say goodbye. <laughs> we, can keep, we, can get, we can start saying goodbye. No, we have two more. Uh, yeah, I think. We don't have two more? We, we have just, one. We just have one? Oh, calendar. Oh.
Okay, I want to do one without you then. Whoa! <laughs> I'm doing two. <laughs> I'll talk about you though. Um, so, okay, so we we have the Monday night meeting coming up next Monday uh, from 7.30. We're not sure because we're not sure if the church is open for Christmas, so let's not say that. Let's just, we'll skip those parts. We're not okay. sure. Yeah, so, we, we have so to check in with the church. Okay, we'll edit that in. Okay, so it's the end. There's no meeting. There's no support for you at all. And goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Goodbye. See, I told you it was a down ending. This is the end. I ended with kindness. That's not Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. That's no Grinch Look, or Mistletoe. Is, those are my Christmas movies. Be kind to your retail worker. That seemed pretty relevant in 2017. I think be kind to retailers is a good thing. We can be kind to other people, too. Yeah. Of course, since it turned warm again here in Houston, it's more like summer-ish. It is. It was like 80 degrees the other day. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I'd have cold weather for my birthday. (laughs) No, no such thing. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, Real ending here. Someone do it. (laughs) And goodbye. Thank you for listening. Well, since we're only going to talk to you once more (laughs) before the end of the year, I guess we can sort of say that, gosh, this has been one heck of a year. And we're wrapping it up a little bit as we start to head toward the end of it. But I suspect that by next week, there will be so much weird stuff that's happened. I don't know, but you know. But it's 2017, it's 2017 and it's not done with us yet. It's not done yet. It's and, not done yet. That's and it, it, it's going to go out, you know, kicking no, and no, scrambling no, no, and the whole bit. No, I mean, no, no, who no. knows? We could have another special session of the legislature <laughs> or something. No, 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 no. Uh, they're going to fire the special prosecutor, you know, that he's just going to yeah. rat. Oh, no. I, I, I think he actually scared them off of that because he didn't take the bait and get all upset. But yeah, I mean, You're just going to have to fade it on. out. There's no ending to this one. It's just like... And, <laughs> and, I, and I really think the Republicans in Congress are sitting there seeing the end of their dynasty coming yeah. rapidly. And they're just trying to squeeze in as many things as possible. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, I just wish that they wouldn't throw in all the judges they're throwing in because they're really wow. hard to get rid yeah. of. Yeah, those are lifetime appointments. The federal appointments. Well, they're lifetime appointments, but an awful lot of judges end up uh, being removed from office. Really? Yeah. How, how does that work? Usually it's because of crooks. Well, get to the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, better. it it you know they they basically do something that's a really big no no, and mm-hmm. the deal is they leave office and don't go to jail or they go to jail. <laughs> right, right. But you also have to have a justice department that's functional, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the FBI that's not in shambles, I believe. And, and an IRS that's actually going to audit all of their shady bullshit. Of course, they won't do that because they don't. Uh, workers, they don't have. Well, the IRS not having workers is fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that one. Yeah. So. Okay, so I guess we'll talk to everybody in a week. All right, see you then. Well, no, talk to you then. All right, bye. And if we see you then, it should worry you. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're, you're knock not. on their door. Hi, we told it, you we would see it's you. Us. <laughs> <laughs> you see? said I could do the podcast with you. <laughs>
This Trans Advocate podcast was produced by Kristen Williams and is copyrighted by the Transgender Foundation of America, all rights reserved. The Transgender Foundation of America is not responsible for the opinions or comments by individual participants.